Hey, what's going on? Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Recorded, uh, I think, what is it now? May 1st, 2020. Wow. No way. Moving through the year. I uh, hope everybody's doing good through the coronavirus pandemic that's been going on and uh, going over the uh, the whole world now. It's pretty crazy. Here in Oregon, fortunately, it's uh, maybe a little lighter, though there's kind of the, the social dynamics that have uh, kind of changed pretty recently. Or, you know, over the last 45 days, there's been a lot of businesses that are closed, you know, with the lockdowns and stuff and a lot of people not really getting out or moving around and it's kind of really been the same for me so I figured I should be doing some podcasting which sounds like a good time but um, but yeah I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some public land stuff that I've been doing which has uh, always been kind of fun and there's still a little bit of stuff that you can do even during a time like like right now uh, where there's the state lockdowns and I'm not sure which state you're in or, or how it is uh, that there's different regulations in each of the states and really some of them are, are actually more flexible than they had been prior to this um, but there's really still a lot of land access on public lands through the western states and, and I think through a lot of the states through the, the east too you hear a lot about the beach closers in some of these populated uh, city areas but that's not really the same across the United States in every capacity. Now, there's parks that are closed. Parks are a different type of land management uh, than your your public lands like BLM or national forest land. National parks are closed. State parks are closed. State forests are closed. But really, in a lot of places, there's public access to a lot of waterways and a lot of land and forest areas that would be uh, out out in the western United States. I'm not sure quite what it is in California. They might have they might have gone through and done more specific closures here in Oregon. As I looked up the U.S. Fish and Wildlife, I uh, their site they had some COVID related information. And they were instructing that bear season is still in effect starting April 15th. Turkey season is in effect. General hunting is in effect. Fishing season is in effect. Fishing was closed to out of state fishers. Uh, so I guess you couldn't come in from another state. Maybe Washington is what they're thinking about. They also closed the Columbia River to all fishing, I think because Washington has closed all fishing. Shoot. Uh, so I don't know what Washington's rules are. They might have uh, more more strict land access than, uh, than what we've got here. But uh, as it goes, you can go out in Oregon to public lands and walk around or hike or camp as long as you're kind of doing the social distancing stuff. Now, there is uh, an issue with, I think the governor here in Oregon had instructed that people are not to use trailheads. Uh, that had been, I suppose, mistaken for uh, not to use trails. But apparently, by instruction of uh, one of the directors of, I think it's the Fremont Winnema National Forest down in the Lake County area of Oregon had, I think, posted a news article to like the Lake County local paper that I was reading. It had instructed that, uh, really, <laughs> which is sort of a funny way to, to follow this up, but it had instructed that, uh, that the governor's rules would be followed so the trailhead would remain closed. But if you were to park off the side of the road in a way that didn't interfere with traffic, you could hike in to the trail from the side, but while avoiding the trailhead and this therefore would follow the governor's instruction abide by social distancing regulations and allow for access of the land uh, in a continued fashion so i guess that's uh, how you're supposed to do it i've done it a couple times i've gone out to a few public land locations and tried to do some traveling around and getting out and stuff i was trying to do some some uh 
some 360 degree photo work over the last couple of weeks, which has been really cool. And I've uh, enjoyed it a lot. I really like doing the 360 stuff. I think uh, back in June of 2018, we had done a bunch of podcasts about some of the 360 uh, photography stuff that we were trying to do, some of the video stuff that we were doing with the GoPro Fusion at the time. And that was all really uh, cool. And I liked that video a lot. This time I was working with a Ricoh Theta Z1 and I was going around to a few locations to try and get some photographs. Uh, specifically, I think photographs a lot in this circumstance, not so many videos, um, but, uh, but yeah, really interested in the, in the 360 photography stuff that I was able to, to edit together and to, to capture during that time. So that was cool. But I went out to an area in, uh, in central Oregon that was pretty cool and went up on like a hillside to, uh, do some 360 work. And it's cool out there because you can really see the topography of how the Great Basin was formed at the, well, I guess like during the whole era of the Pleistocene as it was for a long standing period of time, uh, like a, a, a lake. It was just a big lake out there. And then as things started changing at the end of the Pleistocene, I think there was huge changes that, that ended the Great Basin stuff, that ended a lot of the megafauna that was in the area. And that kind of changed the topography of the landscape over the last 10,000 years to be something that's much more of the high desert, sagebrush, juniper tree, exposed rock uh, landscape that we see today. And a lot less of the uh, forested, uh, temperate kind of mountain climate that we have through the Cascades and through part of Oregon. I'm sure it was always more dry given the rain shadow of the Cascade Mountains there. But I think that for a long period of time as according to signs posted on my drives uh, in areas where I go hiking sometimes. But, uh, you know, like when you go up to some place and it says, you know, this area so such and such time ago had these animals in it. Well, you see like giant beavers or you see like camels or, or giant sloths, I guess they had in the area too. There's all sorts of stuff that they had uh, that ended up being wiped out, I don't know, 100,000 years ago, 60,000 years ago to what? 10, 20, 10,000 years ago, something like that. There's a lot of changes that happened over the period of the Pleistocene, I guess during what they call the Quaternary Period, a, a period of uh, glaciations that the Earth has been involved in for the last 100,000 or 200, maybe a million years. I'm not sure. It's, it's the last couple hundred thousand years we've been going in these cycles of glaciations. Or, you know, we're in an Ice Age period. So we go into an Ice Age, like we have ice on the Earth right now, and it'll be more ice at a point and then less ice at a point. More ice at a point, less ice at a point. I guess that's been going on for what they say, somewhere around like 200,000 years of these 30,000-year periods of glaciation to non-glaciation uh, where like I think we're coming, we're like on the far end of the glacial maximum now. So we had the, what, the glacial maximum about like what 11,000, 12,000 years ago. Or is that right? No, it must have been like 15,000, 20,000 years ago that we were at the maximum. Then it started receding, I suppose. That's when we were able to... No. That doesn't make sense. We had like the land bridge, like the Beringia stuff, where people got over. That was probably fifteen to 20,000. Sea levels were lower. They sailed at like 400 feet. They skirted along the coastlines. They came over through the land. So that was all pretty long ago. Well, anyway, at some point, like, like I was there, like I'm going to figure out, wait, let me remember. <laughs> let me think back to 15,000 years ago. Where was I? Yeah, I wasn't here. Uh, so I don't know what happened. But apparently there's been some recorded evidence that I was learning about um, 
in I think it's like Monteverde down in Chile, and that's a location where uh, I think they had carbon dated something to fifteen thousand years old, like human remains, human element remains. There's uh, there's like a, a few locations here in Oregon where they they I guess have evidence of the Clovis people. That's sort of around like the eleven, twelve, thirteen thousand year mark, and then there's other evidence of things that are I don't know within like the it's tough. It's like anything from like 7,500 years to 15,000 years ago seems to all kind of be in flux of a date because there's really not many, not many perfect ways to date that. And if it's a cultural artifact, like a, an arrowhead or a pot shard or a scraper, there's, there's some indication of how those things are going to be created or how those artifacts are going to be created and how those are going to remain like fulsome points or Clovis points are pretty distinct from each other, but they're not really culturally distinct from each other. So it could be like a variation of many different tribes and languages and peoples, uh, all well unrelated to each other, but related with a similar vein of technology for a few thousand years of, you know, their, their tool use shape was kind of similar because they're all kind of from a similar descendancy. But I think when you get like a more than a hundred miles away, your, your languages separate over you know, like a couple generations. You're just going to speak different languages. Um, but man, wild stuff. Anyway, so I don't remember where we even started with this, but I was out in Eastern Oregon exploring the Great Basin. I went up on a hillside in public land and I was doing some 360 photography work with the Rico Zeta Oh, wait, Rico Theta Z1. That's what it is. And, yeah, I was capturing some stuff on a hillside, really beautiful areas up there where those ridges kind of drop in and out. And so it's cool when you get, like, up to a higher elevation, you can kind of see the pockets of where these lakes and pools of water and uh, had kind of sat and rested for what seems like. I think I was saying something about recording some 360 photographs up on some public land in the high desert in the the Lake County Great Basin area of eastern Oregon. Beautiful spot over there. I really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, it was awesome to, to use the Rico Theta Z1 to be capturing some images uh, up in that area. It's cool when you're at a higher elevation and with the 360 camera, uh, you can kind of, uh, you can kind of, I don't know, it, it provides a, a little bit of a, a different perspective. It seems silly to say like wider, but uh, when you re, when you kind of replay those images and you're able to sort of look around in context of what's to the left and to the right of you, you're kind of able to put together the, the context of the landscape a little better and a little faster than you could if you just had a series of individual photographs that had segments of the wider landscape captured in it. So it was cool at that higher elevation. Uh, you could, you could kind of look down to areas that we had been hiking around earlier in the day through uh, some of the ridges and troughs that would be uh, over in that area. And you can look down, you know, it's like uh, 500 feet down in elevation to what we thought was kind of the mountaintop pass. And then past that is another maybe thousand foot or, or a couple hundred foot uh, drop in elevation as it goes down toward the lake basin area. So all that was pretty cool. And, and what was also cool about it is just sort of visualizing how populated that area had been in the past. I think, uh, you know, prior to... Uh, the western expansion of the United States and uh, as thousands of years had passed by and 
this region of land in the northwest it had been populated and that region specifically had been populated by uh, nomadic tribes that had been able to travel and subsist off of uh, the wild game that was there i think a lot of like antelope and deer and it looks like bighorn sheep uh, by some of their uh, well i don't know some kind of sheep but uh it looks like that from uh, from some of their their pictographs and petroglyph information that they left there. And the dynamics of some of those populations of animals have changed in the time uh, now, given like modern day. I don't know. If, I don't know if we're going to see a lot of sheep out there in Lake County, but there's one drawn on a rock out there, so they must have been trying to look for it. There's a lot of them in the southwest as you move into the I think the Modoc tribes. From that's more of a three thousand to twenty five, two thousand. I don't know. It's probably about a three thousand to 600 years ago sort of a thing but or a hundred years ago really i think that was like captain jack over there captain jack stronghold for the modoc indian reservation area uh, that was like in the indian wars of the 1850s so they lasted till then but uh, um yeah there's some information about uh some of the uh paiute the paiute indians i think the northern paiute that were in that area of uh southern Southeastern Oregon, Nevada, then into Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico, if I kind of understood right. But I know there's some fluctuations in there um, and, and differences in timing and stuff. But, but yeah, it's all uh, pretty cool stuff. It was really uh, it was awesome to get out there. It was, get, it was cool to get out and kind of walk around in some areas of uh, some public land where we still have some access and still get out to um, try and do some photography stuff even in this uh, period where you're supposed to stay home and there's a lockdown. It was... Uh, it was cool to kind of get out and try and do some exploring and some social distance conscious. Um, I mean, hey, that's fine with me. I don't, I don't really have to be around a lot of people. It's better to do landscape wildlife photography work while you're uh, sort of in some type of isolation. I'm sure like a lot of hunters are kind of considering something like that too. You know, hunters, fishermen, people that like hiking or, uh, you know, a lot of those solo activities, it's cool that, uh, you know, this kind of, this time uh, sort of has provided a little bit of a reset for probably a lot of people out there to uh, have a bit more time to invest in some of the things that they would want to. I suppose a lot of folks are probably stuck more in their local area, but um, but it's a great time to, uh, to get to invest in some things that seem more important to you. So that's what I've been trying to do. Hope you guys are doing well. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. You can check out more at billynewmanphoto.com. I've been doing a ton of updates over there. Is there a plane taking off? Sounds like there's a prop plane that's about to fly over my head. It's like that scene in North by Northwest where Cary Grant starts getting run down by that biplane. That'd be scary. Let's hope that's not in my future. Anyway, check out more at BillyNewmanPhoto.com. Been doing a ton of updates over there. A lot of blog posts updated. New portfolio. New about page. New homepage. New links to stuff. It's looking sharp. Gotta check it out. Thanks a lot. Bye.